right, welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 175 here. We missed last week. We were a little tired from our trapezing around town, but now we're back. Uh, I'll tell you joined by who? By you. Who is it? Who could it be? It's <laughs> it's Remote. All right. There it is. We're back. Another podcast. Should be a spicy podcast this time, actually, because we got you know two weeks worth of stuff to cover, plus some really interesting things happened over the last like week in the gaming world. So yeah, they have. a lot of it relates to you know MMOs and online games in general. So this is right up our alley. And we should jump right into the weekly raid, which I think is a very fascinating one this week. Really bizarre, actually, that this would actually happen. This, I, I, whatever, I'll take it away. Let's go to the right to the weekly raid. All right, let's see. Did I actually publish this? No. I, all right, there we go. Published now, baby. This is right, fresh off the presses, the digital presses, and uh, here it goes. All right, refresh that page. Yep, there it is. Korea makes account boosting criminal. So, for those of you who don't know what this means exactly. It means that if you pay somebody, right, to log on to your account and boost your rank, like I say in Overwatch, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, all these kind of games, it is now a criminal offense to boost someone's account. Um, and this isn't like a little slap on the wrist here. The, the punishment is $18,000 in fines and up to two years in prison. Two years I, in prison. Imagine just sitting in... Imagine being in prison, right? And like... Your cellmate's like, what are you in for? He's like, uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I was playing on my friend's Overwatch account, and I, you know, I, I, got, him, I got him like a higher rank. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I shanked someone. That's why I'm here. Yep. There are two Koreas, guys. This is South Korea. All right? So in, in North Korea, you don't, you know, they ain't playing MapleStory, let me tell you that. They're grinding something. They're grinding those rocks in the labor camp, all right? They, they play, they play I, the IRL grinding, all right? They're yeah. using that labor IRL, all right? Um, and for those of you who think, well, this is just like a paper punishment, right? Just so like, they're not going to really do this, right? This uh, new law is an am amendment added to an existing law called the Game Industry Promotion Act of 2017. That act, which I think we previously covered, makes uh, distributing hacks illegal. So mm -hmm. if you if you like send people a hack in Overwatch or whatever. Or you, ma or, or you make the hack. You or know? You make people the hack. that make cheats mm -hmm. can also be, uh, there was like up to 40,000 fines in prison time for that. And and there have been, yeah, we did cover it, but there have been, I, lo I looked into it today, there have been multiple Koreans jailed, not just fine, jailed for that previous uh, law. So I, there's no reason to think that there will n they will not be using this law to the fullest extent and imprisoning people who uh, do the account boosting. But here, here's, I think, what's remarkable, because the previous law, which was also kind of harsh by Western standards, right, of making hacks being a, you know, a, a criminal offense, right, that was... It affected very few people, right? Because like there aren't many people out there that can actually make cheats for these games. Typically, most players just like they look for cheats, they'll download them, but they don't actually make them. There's a very few amount of people that can actually make cheats, right? So it, it target a very narrow audience. But the but the amount of people that actually boost other players is astronomical, I think. Because like we see boosting services advertised in League of Legends chat rooms, in Dota 2 chat rooms all the time. Counter-Strike, all these games have people advertising publicly their, their, their boosting services. I've known people that bought boosts in games, and obviously I make fun of them because if you buy a boost, there's something wrong with you anyway. But like, Dude, but it's I'll, I'll, that's criminal you're associating with. Uh, well, <laughs> is, it the person, is the person buying the boost that's a criminal offense or the person doing the boosting? I think the person doing the boosting is the one doing the criminal offense, right? Not the customer. I, I'm not sure about that. If any of you speak Korean and could find out, but I suspect they're both breaking a crime. But just for the sake of um, expediency, they probably only go after the service yeah. provider. Kind of like prostitution, right? You don't go after every uh, prostitute per se. You go after the John, the guy who's paying. And that's yeah. how you, so it, I'm not exactly sure what the law says. 
my guess is both are criminal, but they are only going to focus on the provider. It's just so remarkable that like this level of enforcement right happens. And obviously, the South Korean economy and the gaming in South Korea is radically like a bigger part of their culture and probably their economy than there is in, in, in the West. I mean, gaming is a, such a big deal in South Korea. I mean, the percent of gamers there, even like, you know, it, it, much more participation by, by the average person in playing games more often and whatnot. So it, it makes sense from that regard. But from a Western perspective, it seems so harsh. It's almost unthinkable, right? Because normally, if you break the terms of service, which is what's exactly what's happening, right? When you when you when you boost someone's account, you get banned. That's it. You know, you, it's so weird to see a criminal case for this from the Western perspective. Like yeah, it, yeah. that would never happen in America. It would never happen. And it's interesting because I think this has more to do with Korean society overall. Korea is like a, if you guys have played Eve Online, there's one of the factions called I think the Galenti Federation, and they're basically I've like heard, a, I've, I've heard racist comments from Alter. Let's hear it. Okay, well, it's not going to be racist, but you guys scratch. So, in the Galante Federation, it's basically a corporate state, right? And South Korea is the ideal corporate state. Uh, So what happened here, I think, this is my guess, is basically the game companies, a big game company, Nexon, NCSoft, whatever, Netmarble, they wrote these laws, right? What they wanted, what helps them. And then they passed it to the politicians who just signed it. We know that Mm -hmm. companies like Samsung, LG, Hyundai have a lot of control over the government in China, uh, in Korea, South Korea, yeah. South Korea. So I think this is just a case of that where the industry gets to write the laws because the industries are so powerful. It's interesting because like stuff like hacking, it's um it's more easily detected, detectable, and punishable. But the thing about boosting, right? You know, it, it's so impossible to detect. Like I've actually like, it's so impossible to detect because you just log into someone else's account and just play on it, right? And there's it's literally impossible. For the game company to be able to tell if you're boosting or not, how could they know that your friend is logging in? You could easily be logging in from a, your laptop at your friend's house, right? And it, and that is indistinguishable than someone playing from their own house. Now, the only it, it seems like because it's impossible for them to be able to to you know detect, nobody ever gets banned for boosting. It, it doesn't happen, you know, unless maybe somebody from like China logs into your account and boosts from there, you know, and the IP difference is so radical. Like I, I've never even heard of anyone ever getting bo- banned for boosting. Unless there, there were players that would actually boost players on on stream, those players would get boosted. Like if you're if you're a popular streamer and you're logging to someone else's account to boost them, and you're talking about it on stream, those are the only people I've ever seen actually get punished for boosting. It's happened on stream, and that was it. Because beyond that, it's it's you can't tell the difference. And while it's severe, I think it does tackle a real problem in gaming. It does tackle a real problem that boosting does make games fundamentally unfair. And actually, I think the, the comments on the Invent article on the Korean website, I read it in, with the Google Translate, a lot of the comments are very positive. They're like, yes. finally, the government is doing something. You that know? was surprising. That was amazing. Yeah, so we, I mean, we got a Korean buddy, and I linked into this, this article, and I asked him, what do you think of this? And I linked into the Korean article, since he can read the language, and he started cracking up. And I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, these comments, these comments are all positive. They're like, finally, the politicians did something. You know, like, uh, so the, the opinion in Korea is very positive over this. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna open Chrome. Chrome seems to be lagging. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's absolutely crazy. Just the, the people were very much receptive of it. Now, I actually like the idea of like ultimately, I want to stop people from cheating in games, and I want to stop people from boosting in games. If we can, these these are bad things, right? These, these shouldn't happen, right? And what's the best way to stop this? You know, maybe maybe getting the government to block people up for it. If it works, I don't see a problem with it. It, it does seem very weird, though. But it is. Well, I do see a problem. I do see a problem with it. Why is it the government's job, um, a taxpayers' bill, right? Cops are going to be investigating this. Why is it their government's job to pull? It's like, should the should the cops clean up 
uh, mop the floor of the McDonald's? No, that's not the cop's job. So why should they, uh, why should the government get involved in the internal uh, affairs of these, of these game worlds? Isn't that the company's responsibility? Like if, if there's some gameplay element they don't like in their game, right? Ban that player. Well, ultimately, I mean, they are, you know, it, it's almost like an extension of like maybe making contract law like much more strict because they are doing the terms of service where say you can't do this, right? Like, they, ultimately, I, th I think from the game company's perspective, they want to make a like, contract law want... is a civil issue. It's not a criminal issue. Mm, that's true. But ultimately, th there's a result. And I think everyone can agree that having people not be boosted in games or not cheating in games isn't that positive. I think, I think most reasonable people can agree that's a desirable goal, right? I disagree. Well, why, why, how do you disagree with you, Well, I said most reasonable people. As we know, Altai is not reasonable because he is the only one in the world that can they, they can say with a straight face, he is he is for hacking and boosting because it makes no sense. I am for all the... Okay, I am for playing the game as creatively as you can. As creatively as you can. And part of that... But, but look, part of that is getting banned if you get caught. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to say the hacker shouldn't get banned. The booster shouldn't get banned if they find them, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, that would be... A, that would be an irrational argument, right? Mm. But I am for free exactly. Some people in chat know what I'm talking about. I'm for freedom. And look, if you play a game and you lose, you lose. You don't get arrested. Like if you play Street you're not, Fighter, you're not, you're, you're, not, you're not playing the game. You're you literally are. like cheating. You're breaking the rules of the game. You're, let's, you're say you're playing, playing. let's say we go to the arcade. We're playing Street Fighter, okay? okay. We put the quarters in. We're fighting. Uh, I happen to know that on this version of this arcade machine, there's a glitch. If you pick Chun Li and like duck eight times and then push backwards, your character kind of freezes for three seconds, and I beat you up after that. No, 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 should the SWAT team come in and, and throw me on the ground and arrest me for that? Well, it's different because you, 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 it's radically different because again, you're you're not. There's no terms of service there. There's no agreements there. It's an offline game. You know, like if the rules of that arcade or the arcade machine were presented to you, like okay, if you if you abuse any glitches, and you know you do all the stuff that we don't want you to do, we get arrested. Okay, then well, look again. If, if it's if it's something that's not desirable, yeah, why not? Like wh what? I, look, if the arcade wants to kick me out, right, for, for glitching, whatever, okay? But if you think the government should arrest me for that, Hold that on. is... There is a fundamental problem, too, because, again, game companies cannot identify who's actually boosting, right? Like, it's impossible to identify this. So it's, it's almost like more of a deterrent, because, like, we don't live in a world where if you break the rules, they instantly penalize you, right? Because I remember, remember, remember the, the, the terms of service you said was a civil issue? You're right, it is a civil issue, right? But there is no practical way for game companies or anyone to go after people that break their terms of service like in civil court it's impossible because the cost is, is insane right so we don't live in a world where, true. Epic, where epic, is, epic is doing this they, they're going at, after everyone at, at great cost to themselves and epic is a much larger company than probably most south korean gaming companies right they're a much larger entity and they're doing it to almost to like um to sort of deterring people in the future right and, and this is over something they can actually find right you, you can't detect Boosting. Boosting is not something that's easily, you know, it, it, it's indistinguishable from, from just sharing, playing at your friend's house. You know, it, it's no different. So it's almost like maybe these game companies want to set up, you know, create a deterrent through the government by saying, if you do this undesirable activity, you know, you, you might be in prison. The solution is simple. Don't boost, right? Like, people that boost oh, are assholes. Anyway. Oh, you don't like the law? Well, you should only be afraid if you got something to hide. What does that mean? Come on. You, you can't criminalize every undesirable behavior. That's not... Yeah, you know, that's not how the well, well, well. Ideally, yes, undesirable behaviors are criminalized. They're the things that we don't want really? in society, we so want to like, get rid of. Swearing yeah. should be criminal. Like, to, to tackle you if you swear. No. Well, why not? But, but 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 if you enter my premises, my business, my, my 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 restaurant, where I very clearly tell you that if you swear in my restaurant, I get you're gonna get tackled. Yeah, not, sure. Not, not tackled by the staff and kicked out. That's I'm okay with that. 
But you're saying they can pick up the phone and armed men well, with well, badges well, the, can come in. Well, the in. problem is ideally they should just be able to kill you right then and there. You know, you break uh, their rules, they can just kill you. Going, and they tell that's you. A separate argument. Oh, that's a separate, they we'll tell go, you let's not in go their there. contract. Okay, let's not go there. Fine. We'll go, we'll go too deep into libertarian land, all right? <laughs> all right, but because we can't go that deep, this, this is a compromise. All right, the government's a compromise. That's a compromise. All right, boys. So you, you heard it here first. They should, <laughs> ideally, Riot Games should be able to kill you if you boost in their yes, game. Yes, okay. of course. But, but ideally, Riot ideally, Games, uh-huh. Yes, this is ideal. If in, if Riot Games spells out in their terms of service in very plain English and and make sure like like it's super like in in plain English, if you break our terms of service, we will we will hire hitmen to come kill you. All right? If they say that and then you break the rules, I don't think they did. And, and let's say they followed through. You know what? I I don't think any reasonable person will say, "You know what? That was unfair." You know, it was very clearly fair. You don't like it, don't play. The rules are right there, right in front of you. Right, yeah. Okay. You guys remember the last right time there. you read the TOS for Apple, and it said, uh, "If you don't follow this TOS, we're gonna we're gonna swat you." you guys remember there you that? Go. No, nobody. Well, okay, again, the reason TOS are so long too is more legalese nonsense as well. You know, we can't have things in plain English anymore. All right. Well, let's stick back to plain Korean here for a minute. All right. Okay. And uh, so I did. I do write in the weekly raid how basically Korea has over the years upped the regulation on their gaming industry. So as a few of you mentioned in the chat, for a very long time, Koreans had to use their government-issued social security numbers in order to make accounts on sites like, you know, Nexon and Seasoft. So your mm-hmm. game gameplay was tracked. And later on, they added a new law, which I love the... I love the colloquial term for this law. So it's called the Youth Protection Revision Act. It's commonly referred to as the Cinderella Law. Children under the age of 16 are banned from playing online games between midnight and 6 a.m. How cool is that? <laughs> Cinderella Law. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and honestly, like, I can see a benefit to that too. Like, obviously, there is, there, you know, obviously parents should, you know, control their, their kids' internet behavior, right? But, like, I guess it, almost like in today's society, it feels like people are just too lazy to do that, right? You can't take the iPad away from the kid, you know? So, like, if, if the government just kind of does it automatically, there's definitely some, some positive to that because you're a minor anyway, but it shouldn't apply to adults. No, it doesn't, it does not apply to adults. It's 16 and under. And, and someone asked in chat, how do they know? Well, like I said, you need a social security number tied to your account. So, if you're a kid, you know, you, unless you know your parents' social security number, you're going to use your own. If you use mm-hmm. your own, they know how old you are uh, just from that government ID. So anyway, uh, Korea has a lot of laws regarding gameplay. For example, uh, there's a restriction on how many hours a day you can play. If you guys play games like Maple Story or Korean games, you'll notice in the chat window, once in a while, it'll say you've been playing for one hour, two hours, three hours, whatever. Uh, you should take a break, right? You guys have probably seen that. In, yeah. in the U.S., that's kind of just like a reminder for us, right? But in Korea, that's an integrated part of the game and part of the law. So what happens is over time, your character stops advancing, whether it's skill points or experience. It slows down to a point where it's not worth playing. I think a lot of Chinese companies do this as well. I mean, if yes. you look at Arena of Valor, they've been very heavily scrutinized recently, right? And I think right now, if you're a minor, you can only play the game for one or two hours a day. And it tracks how long you're in the game. And you just literally cannot play for more than an hour or two a day. Because they're worried about you know game addiction. But again, it only applies to people under eighteen. So once you're over eighteen, those those restrictions go away. Yeah, and so basically, I, I'm curious: should we in the West uh, adopt these same kind of regulations and laws that we're seeing in East Asia, whether it's China or Korea, where Look, you know, for for minors, I see some benefit, right? If you want to regulate for minors, especially, it's like we don't let kids buy cigarettes or alcohol, right? There's a there's there's a reason for that, right? So preventing people from playing 12 hours a day of maple story when they're like 14 you know it's not so bad you know it's almost like a like a backstop to bad parenting you know 
Back Obviously, after eight, bad parenting. I think after eighteen, you're an adult. You do whatever the fuck you want. You know, you want to buy, you want to buy cigarettes, buy cigarettes. You want to play MapleStory, play MapleStory. You like how I compared MapleStory and cigarettes together? What is the age in America for cigarettes? Is it eighteen? I know it's I know, eighteen. I know 18. Alcohol, alcohol is a twenty-one. Yeah, but they should all be the same age, whatever it is, right? So, I, I can see the government getting in the way for that. But I do think there's again, ultimately, I don't think it's unreasonable, and I think I don't think it's unreasonable for gamers to celebrate this law because boosting. It, 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 no sane person, almost no sane person wants boosted players in their game. Nobody wants Smurfs in their game, generally. Very, well, very. No one wants to lose. I don't want to lose. If anyone who beats me should get, should get arrested? What does no, that mean? Because you but, don't but want this, something. This is a more objective, you. fair assessment of this. You know, you, you know, I don't think anyone can view having a boosted player in their team as fair. So th- this is generally something like 99%, 99.9% of players will generally support. They don't, want, they don't want to deal with this garbage. And if this effectively eliminates it, I see it as a positive. I, though I do, my inner libertarian sees it as a, a gross overreaching of government. But somebody made a comment in the chat too. Like it becomes just, a, you know, also with your comment, I'll tell you about make, sweep, the cop, should the cops sweep the floor at McDonald's, right? It's yeah. not the same because we have laws like copyright, right? And copyright very clearly protects, you know, IP holders. People, like, generally big corporations benefit immensely from copyright law. Okay. You know, why are, why are police, uh, you know, copyright law, copyright infringement can be, can be criminal too, can it? Uh... I don't know. Well, patent infringement, I think, can be criminal, too. Is okay, it but, okay, but what does it have to do with... Uh... Because you have laws that benefit corporations, very okay, specifically. Okay. And no, these, this, no, these laws... I would argue small writers and stuff are protected by copyright more than big companies. Because They all are. The point if is a big company are. copies me, right, without copyright, I'm screwed. But if in a world without copyright, the big company is the one who can you know, make a product and they can steal it from me and manufacture it before I can. So I, I think it kind of helps whether you like copyright or not. It kind of applies to everyone. Well, but, so does this. So so do these laws. Anyone that breaks for gaming company, if you're a ga- if you're a gaming company, if, I'm not. What if I'm not a gaming company? Well, it affects it benefits all gaming companies. Are you? What if you're not in the creative industries where you know copyright matters? Copyright is is very specifically for one industry. No, it's the creative industry. industries. No, it's everything: writing, painting, drawing, yeah. everything. Yeah, these are the creative industries. All right. I don't. Um, How is copyright helping my you know my restaurant or something? So, you can put a menu or something. I think bullshit. it was I think it was Thomas Jefferson. Who once said, "The price of freedom is eternally dealing with retards on your team who account boosted." All right. I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> that could be it. It's, a, it's in the Constitution. Look it up. Mm. So if it's a small price to pay to deal with a guy who paid once in a while to deal with somebody who who paid ten bucks for his account to be gold. Like, I I don't see this as a I don't see it as as a reason to increase the government's power. I don't know. I I, I see a benefit. And I see, you know, over, overreaching of government. But I think if, if, if it gets the desired results, I the think... Ends uh, justify the means, boys. You're yes. here first. Korea, corporate state, dictatorship. Here we come. It could, it could be okay. So we, we, let's change topics just for a little bit, though. It is still in the same realm. I actually saw this last night. It's actually pretty remarkable. Did you, hear, did you see the, ethi- the, the Chinese ethics board reviews 20 online games? Did you hear about that, Altai? I saw the headline. I didn't read about it, though. Oh, yeah, this is actually really fascinating. I think, I think you're going to like it quite a bit. So I gave you the link. Oh, I love China. This is uh this actually, oof, so if you were unaware, no online, no new online games were getting approved in China, and now they have an ethics board to overlook these games. So twenty games got reviewed recently, and they're looking at basically telling game companies how to fix their games. So look at some of these um, causes of problems. So if you look at Reno Valor from Tencent, the cause of that is uh, overly revealing female characters, rewards given based on rank, and distorted concepts of history and culture. Recommended action, corrective action, meaning that they're, they're ordering Tencent to go fix this shit in their game, right? 
So look at League of Legends too. Obviously a huge game. Now these games are already released in China, so they're being told to fix their shit. <laughs> but, but new games will have to apply and meet these standards. So obviously League of Legends is overly revealing female characters, rewards based on rank. And my favorite one is Inharmonious Chatroom. I love it. I saw that too. I was laughing. <laughs> In, the funny thing is almost all these online games have inharmonious chat rooms. Listen. So there's a game. Yeah, it's crazy. Your, your game's got you gotta be you gotta be harmonious when you play Chinese games. I've played a lot of League of Legends, and I'll tell you something. Every one of my games have inharmonious chat rooms, all right? Because you can't play a game of League of Legends or Dota 2 or Overwatch without having inharmonious chat rooms, okay? It's, it's, it's a part of the experience. So look at Overwatch. Game visuals promote incorrect values and inharmonious chat rooms. Well, I'm more interested in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Blood and gore, mm -hmm. prohibited slash withdrawn. Here's a, here's a theory, and i got to flesh this out in, in an article one day. Okay. I think this whole... But this also, as Omar said... For most of this year, no new games were um, approved for approved release. in China. And I, I remember there was one idiot in our YouTube comments. I, I normally don't leave bad comments, right, or like mean comments. But this guy was like, "What do you mean? There's new games coming on China. You're just like on the propaganda train against China." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I linked him all these Chinese sources saying, "This is this is happening," and he wouldn't believe me. But anyways, he's an idiot. But games have not, new games have not been approved in China for most of this year. And I suspect it all started with PUBG. Tencent rushed it. As soon as PUBG got big, Tencent got the rights. They, they immediately, you know, were pushing it. And I think uh, that was a mistake. The, the Chinese government is old people, right? And they don't, they don't, to them, video games is like Pong or like, you know, whatever. A cartoon they don't Mario. get it. They don't get it. They don't yeah. get it. But when they saw their, their, their kids or like on TV or whatever, PUBG, where it looks really, you know, realistic. You have an M4, you're shooting people, right? They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened here? I shut this down. Tencent bad. So they really messed up. I think it really got the ball rolling on a lot of this stuff. The timing actually fits perfectly with this theory that, like, once this stuff started launching in China, that's when this major, major crackdown happened. In fact, you know, if you game companies like Bloomberg reported, Bloomberg reported that companies like Tencent and, and NetEase, these Chinese companies have lost like over $200 million so far in lost revenue because they couldn't release their new games in China. Now, games that were previously approved can still be released, but no new games have been approved for release. And it looks like this, this ethics board is going to be taking over the their approval responsibilities of the previous government bureaucracy that was in charge of approving games. So what's funny is too, I like Chu Lu Zhang from NetEase, overly revealing female characters in harmonious chat rooms. And it says, well, game missions include fraud. So if you have a mission in your game that includes ripping people off, that's considered like unethical and you, can't, you have to fix it. It's absolutely insane. I think the most, probably the most unfair one, I think goes to Fortnite and they yes. got prohibited. Yes. Yep. Blood and gore. Have you, have they played Fortnite? Has anyone seen this game? There's no blood and gore. Vulgar content? Not really. Like, I guess you, you're, like, you're hitting like pinatas of llamas, right? There's no blood and gore in, in Fortnite. That one's usually the most unfairly targeted, it seems. I think so. I think, um, again, I think they're just punishing Tencent because Fortnite is pretty much Tencent because they own uh, over 40% of Epic. Mm -hmm. If Tencent can, you know, suck the right communist D, I think they can get Fortnite reapproved there. Because, again, it's not it, violent. It, it's actually pretty crazy. And again, I think we here in the West very often take for advantage almost like our freedoms, right? It's such a cringe thing to say, right? But like, if you look at these reasons for these games getting banned, like, could you imagine the US government saying, you know what? These games are not going to be approved because of inharmonious chat rooms and too much blood. That's insane. Like, we, it's so like foreign to us here in the West to just not be able to play new games if they don't meet like these very strict government standards. And hopefully, you know, they, they they loosen these regulations because like if we if Fortnite has too much blood and gore, 
Like, what's left? Like, it's insane because like, they, I think the Chinese government gave mandates that like their games should promote the communist agenda. Like, game companies have to weave like propaganda into their games to be able to get them approved in China, which is which is insane. Well, you know, luckily here in the West, we since we're so evolved, we don't have to worry about the government doing that because our, our private companies do it for us. Uh, I don't know if you heard this somewhere, but this this just this week, I believe, or not last week, Apple pulls strategy game from the Apple Store, iOS Store, because it features the Taliban as an enemy. So it's one of those shitty strategy games, and you fight the Taliban. And for but that, you fight you fight the Taliban. Yes. And then the game got banned. The game, yep, the game got banned from the Apple Store. Wait, why? I don't. I don't know. Terrorism. I don't know. It's weird because uh, you, you do make a good point. A lot of Western, a lot of big tech companies now in America are doing a lot of self-censoring. I mean, people have been following the YouTube um, drama for a long time, where like people are getting demonetized channels. I mean, Alex Jones got banned from from YouTube. He's banned on Twitter as well now. We've seen a lot more uh, right-leaning figures, which you know I disagree with most. I think most of them are absolutely batshit crazy and really bonkers. But I, I don't think deplatforming them. It's actually a very scary thought that people are losing their patrons. Their Twitter accounts, their YouTube accounts, their Facebook accounts, because their politics doesn't agree with the. Like, obviously, their politics is pretty retarded too. Like a lot of them are very, you know, very conspiracy theory oriented, very weird. But it's just weird that they have so much power to deplatform someone and just take away their source of income. Yeah. So I'd rather I'd rather them do it. I'd rather Twitter be doing the deplatforming than the government doing it, though, because at least it's a private company then. Exactly, and uh, I'm curious to see where this, you know, uh, which system wins. I guess is America going to be happy? Uh, from a government point of view, staying back and letting it kind of like the market sort this out. What is allowed? What's not allowed? What's racist? What's not racist? Will the mm-hmm. government sit back and let the companies figure it out or will they step in like China is doing or Korea is doing? Yeah. And this is the yeah. game, by the way, guys. This game got banned on iOS uh, because it is offensive to somebody. I don't get it. It's so weird. Because you're fighting Taliban. Yep. Can you tell me, did you tell me that Taliban have an official Twitter account or something? Uh, I don't know about official, but they 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 were from, they actually rec- I don't know about Taliban either. ISIS I know recruited on tw- uh, Twitter a lot. But we know Hamas has one for sure. They're they're, they're they have an official one I've seen. It, it it's just bizarre that this gets you know banned for that. It, it's you know here in the West we're living in a bit of a you know twilight zone as well. But in general, it hasn't really affected our daily lives at all the way it has in, in, more so in China. Oh yeah, definitely. Know? It's it's absolutely nuts. Well, I hope we don't go the way of Korea and we don't make it criminal to account boost tomorrow. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, I was playing. Um, speaking of Chinese games, I want to make a quick uh, anecdote story over here. I was actually playing a Chinese uh, Chinese shooter, a Chinese Overwatch clone, relatively recently. And I want to show you what that looks like. And it's uh, I think the Chinese have done wonders. Have, it's remarkable how much they're monetizing their games. So let me go ahead and link you this video. I just found it over here. So this game is called uh, Gun X Dimension. And you know me. I love playing shitty Chinese games. There's, there's something about playing awful games that just really gets me excited, you know? This is made by the same beautiful guys that make uh, 300 Heroes, the same studio. And you can see in the in the two seconds of the video, the game's options interface is literally, and I use literally in the literal sense, identical. Identical to the Overwatch menu. I don't understand why they couldn't design their own like options menu where you could change the graphics and the video settings no they had to they had to copy verbatim the exact interface for overwatch anyone that's played overwatch we can very clearly identify that too and a lot of the ui elements of this game are also very much overwatch-esque like they looked at overwatch they copied certain things and they made a third person anime shooter it, it's really weird it's a really bizarre game and there's abilities too like overwatch but you only have a q and uh, g 
So you only have two abilities instead of like more on Overwatch. It, even this map looks very similar to a Overwatch map. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, a lot of the maps are identical, like very clearly inspired by Overwatch maps. I kind of want to see if I can find that page for you now. It looks like every character is uh, Diva dismounted. Yes. So I'll look at look, look look at the official website too, and click the play button on the top right. I want to show that tra show that trailer off on Steam as well, uh, on uh, on stream. So you can see some of the the lower which the audio can be pretty loud. Which one's the play button? The top right. There's a play button up there. So this is anime Overwatch, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> which oh I see I see. So you will see very clearly in this video how much they inspire from Overwatch when you see some of the maps in the background, some of the characters. The game is pretty fun. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's just ridiculous they can get away with this. It's just funny. Like you can see the maps in the background. They're literally the same exact maps in the second half of the video once you see the actual gameplay. Like those are Overwatch maps. <laughs> God bless China. Oh yeah. All right. just, I I I know these maps. Yeah. Even oh the characters. There's a character with double shotguns at the end. There's a character with double Uzis. Like, this is totally Overwatch maps. So what's remarkable about this game is actually, like, every piece of equipment in the game. You can buy, you can buy like, a shirt. You can buy pants. You can buy a weapon. So every character has, like, their own abilities. Kind of like Overwatch heroes. And there's, like, 15, 20 characters you can unlock. And they each have gear you can buy. Different pieces of gear, right? With different weapons, different armor, different pants. And they have, like, one to, like, eight different stars. And every time you upgrade a star on it, you just get more stats. And of course, you know, how do you, how do you increase your stats? With real money. So, and there's gotcha systems, there's loot boxes as well. So the players that spend more money just literally get more damage and better weapons. So like, you put, the Chinese Overwatch is whoever spends more money, just, they just do more damage. You know, obviously you can overcome the player with more armor and more HP and more damage with skill, but it's so weird how much pay to win has almost, you know, intertwined with like competitive PC gaming in China. Whereas at least here in the West, you know, our pay to win is limited to like, mobile games for the most part, browser games, and the PC and more RPGs are mostly PvE games anyway. Like, you don't really see pay-to-win in Dota 2 or Overwatch or, you know, League of Legends. I mean, arguably, League of Legends doesn't have, you know, you don't have access to all the characters, right? But, like, no character gets bonus stats you pay money. That's not, that, that's not the way it works in China. In so many Chinese PC games that are built as competitive, they're just pay-to-win elements right in there built in the same way you'd see in mobile games here in the West. It's so intertwined. And I think... We in the West have to take a step back and appreciate the fact that our competitive games have not devolved into the utter shit that's in China. We're living in a paradise compared to the games in China. So do you think that'll hold or do you think we're, it's going to merge inevitably? I think it's going to hold, but I think we're going to get a lot less PC games and developers are going to make more mobile games. because I think PC gamers here in the West have been very eager to push back against even the hint of pay to win on PC games to the point where they're just going to make mobile games where it's accepted. And I think we'll still have you know occasional good games that are not pay to win on PC like Overwatch and whatnot, but it's remarkable. So as I, what you just said reminded me of something. So this week we had a big bombshell announcement from Valve. Um, they're perhaps one of their oldest franchises, Counter Strike, is going free to play for the first time in the West. Oh, it's not, a big one, yeah. I'm not counting Counter Strike Next on Zombies here. Sorry, guys. Counter Strike Next on Zombies is my favorite Counter Strike game. All right, also well, free to play. Well, for the rest of us, uh, big news this week is Counter Strike Global Offensive free to play. That's that's a huge bombshell. And you know what? It's funny. Usually, when stuff like this happens, people are happy, right? But look, if mm -hmm. you look at the recent reviews on the Steam page, mixed. A lot of people have been bombing the reviews uh, when it went free to play because now hackers, so they say, are going to run amok. Well, I know you have, you have some friends who play Counter-Strike a lot. I have yeah. a few as well. And they've told me that they are very angry at Steam for this because uh, they still have a very much unsolved hacker problem with this game. 
CSGO has always had a hacker problem. I think there was uh, reports on, on the CSGO Reddit where they were trying to kind of gauge like how pervasive hacking was in games like CSGO. Now, I don't remember the exact thread, but it was pretty eye-opening just how many hackers existed in the very highest echelons of uh, competitive CSGO, where people were basically tracking. Like One guy posted, like, okay, over the last three weeks, I played like 100 games of CSGO, and I, I tracked every single player in, in Global Elite and Golden Eagle, right? The top two rankings in the game. They were in my game with me. So they were all either Global Elite or, or Golden Eagle. And of those players, within, after like three months, like 10% of them got banned for hacking. And those are the people he played with in the highest tiers of gaming. So it's such a pervasive problem, hacking in, in, in shooting games, and especially CSGO. So it's weird that they made the game free to play before being able to you know, address the hacking problem. Because at least when you got banned for hacking in CSGO, you had to rebuy the game, right? Valve would get their... Like, there's a $5, $10 barrier every time you want to test your hack. Now... People that develop cheats for this game are going to have free-to-play accounts to test their cheats on, right? Before, yep. you, you you had to test the game with a live account on the live service to be able to see if you can get past the Valve anti-cheat. And now that's available for free. They, they, they lowered their guard so much, it's going to create a big problem, I think, for the for the game. But I, I do, I like that from a business model perspective, I think it's good for the game to attract more audience, bigger audience and make more money through the loot boxes and make the game more accessible. But the fact that hacking is such a big problem for the game is going to definitely hurt it quite a bit. And, you know, uh, so if you read these comments, guys, which I do recommend you guys read, uh, this is a good one. So all 1,500 hours that I spent practicing in this game were wasted by the last update. Every match now has at least one cheater, even with Prime Enabled and the best trust factor. Don't throw away your precious time and patience on this game. And this is something I hear quite often, like you said, from players uh, I know who play this game. is Basically, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance every match you play, even ranked, is going to end up with a cheater. And if it happens in the highest tier as well, it's going to happen even more in the oh, lower yeah. tiers. Yeah, yeah. So what's the other? What is the solution to this? Like this is a real problem plugging the game, right? And people and, and it exists because people are breaking the, the terms of service and, and just shitting on the experience for everyone else outside the bounds of the rules. You know, maybe we got we got to learn from the South Koreans. You know, people that oh, create and ban- time you know, create for jail, shit. boys. Line them up. Oh, line them up. All right, guillotine them. All right, guillotine. Oof. But if you if you can if you can do something like if if you can. Create a powerful enough incentive or disincentive, I guess, to cheat. That alone can make the, the enforcement cost like very low. Because if you're risking jail time, and if, if people understand that they're risking prison time, they're not going to do it. You know, there's nothing to really gain. You know, like we, if you if you, if you like if you're broke, you're going to steal from the store. And obviously, like you can make the, the penalties harsher, and it's not going to you know necessarily stop you from doing it, right? But like for something so stupid like cheating an online game, if you know there's real repercussions. Bro, People you realize you would be in prison if your own rule applied. Well, I would not have done in it. In high school, this kid and his friend. All right. Freshman year in high school, all right, I, 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 I downloaded hacks for, for Counter-Strike 1.6, and I got banned like within like a couple days, all right? Not, not, just hacked... that, not just that. You got my account banned. Yeah, yeah well, obviously, if I'm going to cheat, I'm not going to use my account. I'm going to use your account. I'll like, come on. This, this is just cheating 101. Use, use your bro's account, you know? Well, one of you was using mine, and one of you was using yours, because two of you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you got my account banned. I remember that still. This was in freshman year of high school. And yes, and, I, and the thing is, I, I only did it for like an hour and a half, two hours at most, because it got mm-hmm. boring very quickly. At most, an hour yes. and a half. So, right. uh, yeah, so uh, the world would be a better place if uh, 16-year-olds were in prison for a year well, or two. Ruin the, rest, ruin the rest of their life, right? Listen, the criminal listen, record, uh, drop out of school, just so you, oh, well, gee whiz, I shouldn't act. Come on. Well, I wouldn't have, if, that, if I, look, you know, like, 
I, I, I guess in middle school, they'll start teaching you. Remember, kids, when you go home and play Counter-Strike, when you play video games, you're not allowed to hack. You'll end up in prison. Oh, you know, it's going to fuck up your life. Imagine, like, being told that in middle school. You know, you know, remember in school we had those, um, those like, motivational speakers come, and they'd be like, yeah. oh, I used to be a drug addict, but now I'm, like, you know, yeah. talking to kids all day. Oh, Burning Mice, thank you for the sub. So imagine, Thank you for the sub, Burning Mice. Much love. Imagine, like, you all go to the cafeteria in middle school, and there's a speaker, and he's, like, some, some like, 60-year-old black guy. He's like, kids, when I was your age... I was using those wall hacks. Don't, don't get tempted by the wall hacks. You're going to be like me in prison for 20 years. They're addictive. You know, you might get away with it. You know, they're addictive. You know, you, your KDR goes through the roof. You know, you're doing amazing. You're on the high. You're the global elite player. You got all the e-thoughts on you. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's so, I, I cannot imagine that would be a better world than worse. So. <laughs> Look, the thing is, like, again, when it happens in MMOs, it's actually not, I, I would argue that like, if you're cheating in like MapleStory, we actually, we cheat in MapleStory as well. You got that banned was, that uh, too, by the way. We got banned by cheating Maple Story. When you cheat Maple Story, you just Story, doubled your prison sentence. That's so four years. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm in prison for four years now, right? Listen, at least you're not affecting other people that much, right? If, if in CS you, you, or Dota or Overwatch or League of Legends, you're directly ruining other people's experiences, right? Like, obviously, you know, I memed and cheated in, in Maple Story as well when we were like 16 or something. I forgot, 17 or something. I, I, I don't know. We had, we had the VAC hack. We just grinded. We just PvE hacked, right? We did, all we did was just kill mushrooms faster, more efficiently, right? More efficiently. Sounds like listen, a criminal trying to trying listen. to make an excuse for his actions. Kind of weasel his way out. Listen, I'm okay with... Like, I would never have done it had it been criminalized. And honestly, like, it's almost like a situation where like everyone else is doing it. So you feel like a douchebag sometimes when you're not doing it, right? If you're playing like MapleStory... That's a criminal thought right hold here. Hold up. In MapleStory, back... This is pre-Big Bang, by the way, when leveling took forever, right? Pre-Big Bang, I'm, I'm, I'm killing some, some, some horny mushrooms. I'm killing some, you know, undead mushrooms and sleepy wood, right? And every time I like I look at the map, there's like an ass one asshole vacking all the mushrooms into one spot and AOE just killing them all instantly. And like just just I see this guy like all the time. And I see like I look for a different map. There's always there's people cheating on every single map I go to. It's so pervasive pervasive. It's almost it's like it's hard to not do it at that point because you feel like a douchebag. You feel like a schmuck. If you're trying to kill mushrooms normally when everyone else is hacking you, you feel like a schmuck. So I, that, that I was listen. The broken window theory, all right? If everything's, you know, you got, you got to clean it up, all right? And so I, it's not going to happen I'm anymore. just imagining or in shackles in front of a judge in the courthouse. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit. And the judge says, cloud hacking in MapleStory, uh, vac hack. And then, what do you have to say for yourself, young man, before I send you to prison? And you're like, bro, everyone else was doing it. It, it was PvE, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's my defense. Okay. Now, what's funny is actually, I, I told the story before. I'll say it again real quick. When I got banned in MapleStory for hacking, I was like a little 55 or something, Ice, light, ice Lightning Wizard when I got banned, or 60 or something, right? When I, I had a 10-year ban when I got banned from this, right? And that 10-year ban is up as of like two years ago. So I could actually log into my account that got banned 10 years ago and play again. And of course, when you get banned in MapleStory when you're like 16, right? A 10-year ban is basically forever. Like there's, there's, no, there's no distinguishable difference in a 16-year-old mind for a 10-year ban and a permanent ban. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm done forever. But yeah, my account's back. I can play it again. Have you logged back into that character? I did. I did. I walked around and just 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 killed. Smell the fresh air and do a monologue. I'm out of prison. You know how the world changed since you were in prison. Like the big bang happened. Uh, all the all the updates happened. If you ever watched the Shawshank Redemption, it's like that scene where the the old guy gets out of prison. He ends up hanging himself because the world changed too much. In in MapleStory, it's like it is a totally different world because you get to like now with the terror burning event, you get to like level one. I think level two hundred. In probably like a week because i think the new burning event lets you go up to 200 with burning so like you can level up so much quicker now actually i just made a character in maple story this uh one this week and so did you and it's funny the the power creep in maple story is second only to dbz like it's got to the point where 
in, in MapleStory now, when I walk around, I can't tell if people are hacking because the power, everyone is so powerful now, right? The abilities are so, you blow up the whole screen. And everyone has, everyone can do that now. So There's a lot of power creep, for sure. Everyone's got more AOE abilities and stuff yeah. that you can level up I literally cannot tell if they're hacking or not because I just see the whole map blowing up, right? Is it a hack? Well, is it a skill? I don't know. Well, usually, you know, you know when they're hacking because, like, the best way to hack was always the vac hack. You'd bring all the monsters to one spot and AOE them. So, like, usually, you know, it's honestly, they've almost made this so, like, on the lower levels, there's no need to hack. You'll still find hackers in people start for sure on the higher levels. Actually, my boy beats by Yao Ming, who's on the stream usually. Not sure if he's in here right now. He hit level 250 in Maple Story 1 this last week. So, props to him. Now, getting level 250 in Maple Story is, is an ordeal. I mean, getting to like 200 is not nearly as bad anymore because with the Big Bang, but like, Getting to 250 is still an incredible amount of hours you sink into that game. And there are raising the level cap to 275 in wow. the next few months. So you got, you know, he's got more uh, more grind to look forward to. But like being being I have a lot of respect for someone that's that's max level Maple Story, all right? I get a lot of respect for them. Good to know. Good to mm -hmm. know. Actually, I made a bet with Gumbel. Hmm. Uh, will Brexit happen? Oof. Erhan says yes. Sean Gumby says no. And the wager is a loser has to level a new character. To level 100 only in MapleStory. That's nothing. You get to level 100 in like a couple hours. But it's, it's nothing to me. It's nothing to me. But I think for him it's going to be a struggle because he doesn't know as much about the game as I do. Uh, that, that's like a fun bet. I, I would gladly enter that bet anytime. But like it, it, it's a fun way to bet things with people. Like, okay, if I lose, I'll get to like level 50 and move online or some random like old game, you know, like that neither of you play. That'd be pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Well, he he, re he recommended MapleStory and I think it's a sucker's bet for him because I don't mind getting... Joke's on him. I don't care if I lose. I'll get to level 100, whatever. Yeah, it's, fu it's fun. We were playing MapleStory for fun yesterday anyway, so like that's, <laughs> exactly. that's a very lousy bet for him. I know. So we have a big MMORPG announcement this week that just yeah. you know just came out of nowhere. It's MMO announcement. So why don't you take that all day with Atlas? Atlas was announced this last week. Today was th This week was a good week. Uh, maybe it's because, like you said, week. we just missed last week, so we have double the news, right? That could mm -hmm. be it. But I was very surprised and impressed by this announcement. So at the Game Awards, uh, what, it must have been a week ago now? Yeah, about a week ago, yeah. Uh, Last week. The guys behind Ark, Survival Evolved, announced a new open-world MMO. I'm going to play the trailer here. And talk about it. So it's called Atlas, Unreal 4 Engine. It can support 40k players concurrently on a single server. There will only be two servers per region, a PvP and PvE server. Uh, huge map. They say it's 1,200, 1,200 times bigger than the Ark map. Um, mm -hmm. And the developers themselves have said they're kind of going for like an Eve-esque uh, gameplay style where there's going to be political systems, alliances of players. You can control territory, so you can farm resources. And it's going to have the uh, arc style, you know, wood gathering, stone gathering, and you can like build little outposts. Uh, combined with um, you know, this team play on a ship, team play on land, fighting mobs, fighting each other. Uh, so it's it's kind of combining. It's kind of what we always dreamed about those um, Rust style games, but with a persistent MMO style world. It looks really cool, but my biggest hesitation. Is it's going to be made by Studio Wildcard, and if you've played Ark, the game still kind of runs like ass, doesn't it? Like optimization was always a problem with Ark, and I feel like if you're going to put forty thousand players in a single large persistent world that's like twelve hundred times the size of a typical Ark map, it's going to optimization can either make or kill the game. I think if, if the game just doesn't run well from the get go, it's going to be a complete and utter flop. If it runs well, there's hope because they're going to be beating New World to the punch. I mean, when, when, when I read about this game, I'm thinking this is this like kind of sounds like New World, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. faction based, persistent giant world with fantasy-esque setting. It, it looks very much like New World, but they're going to be launching real soon. The thing that caught me by surprise the most is just how quickly they're launching from announcement to release. Normally, like, you hear about these games, like, you know, they'll announce it, and it'll, it'll be, like, early access in, like, two years, right? No, this is actually coming out from announcement to early access on Steam in, like, 
a couple of weeks. So it did get pushed back, I think, now until the 19th or something. The 19th of December. So remember, it was announced last week, uh, and it's coming out 19th of December. So it's coming out within two weeks of announcement, reveal, reveal. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt because let's say it is clunky and it, it doesn't live up right to expectations. Yeah. At least they didn't string us along for five years, you know, like, like Star Trek. Yes. Season. Yes. Or, any, or like or any, Bless or all these other games. All yeah. these At games, least, yeah. If it sucks ass, whatever, right? They don't string you along for five years hoping it's going to be good. And hopefully they don't try milking $100 out of you for early access. Like, they're going to be launching probably at the retail price of like 30 bucks. So, like, a lot of these early access games, they string you along for years and years. And they charge you, like, okay, if you want to play the first round of, you know, exclusive Founders beta, you got to pay $200. Like, what the fuck? All right. If you, and then there's a the $100 package, you want to play the closed beta. And otherwise, you wait to, like, launch. At least you'll be able to play the game on the 19th for 30 bucks. At least from that perspective, it's, it's way more fair. Yep. If, if they want to shank me for 30 bucks and it's, it sucks, at least they're going to shank me quickly, okay? Yeah. They're, they're know, not, they're they're not going to leave me bleeding for five years on the ground, right? Like these other companies. Yeah. And look, and you got to hand to them too. Like, they could just kept making their, um, actually developed by Grape Shot Games. Did Studio Wildcard change their name? Obliviator. Subscribe. Thank you. Uh, Thank Studio you, Wildcard uh, made a spin-off studio uh, with that okay. new name. I, it's still the same. It. It's the same people, same company. But perhaps they have bad publicity with Wildcard because, like you said, Ark. Here's my guess: they started developing this game obviously years ago, right? Otherwise, yeah. they couldn't release it this quickly. But but they didn't announce anything, and so instead of improving Ark or like making it function better, they poured those resources into this game. Uh, and and they, uh, they didn't want to use the same name for both games, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the same studio name, though, is you know basically the same thing. Makes sense. That's same company, theory. same people. Yeah, but different name. I I think um. You got to hand to them, at least in this regard, that the game is pretty ambitious, right? Like, they could have made any other generic title, but they're making a 40,000 players in a single world, some kind of, like, EVE Online-like experience, uh, a new world-like experience, and it's different, you know? Th- there aren't many games like this, right? They could have made another cookie-cutter game. At least they're trying something different. They're ambitious. They have a concrete release date coming out, you know, on, on the 19th now. And honestly, I'm very curious to see what this is like. I mean, yep. I'm just worried it's going to be poorly optimized. That's my biggest concern. If they get that part done right, it could be really good. Because I think MMORPGs and MMOs, we really lost scale of what you know an MMO is to a degree. Like, I, I want my games to be more massive. Like, for both MMOs and MMORPGs, like I loved Planet Side Two because it was truly a massive game. You know, you had thousands of players on a screen at once fighting, right? And now we have MMORPGs. You know, the games that label the, the games that call us MMORPGs like Vindictus, Dragon's Nest. I mean, these are MMORPGs. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like. They don't, they're, they're very MMORPG light. Like, you have persistent hubs where you can talk to other people, right? But, like, that's it. When you, when you do dungeons, it's only four players. Like, they're very segmented and instanced, you know? Like, and even player, even like a lot of other games, they have like 100 different channels or lobbies where, like, it doesn't feel massive because everyone's spread out over 100 channels. I want to see tons of people in one world, one living, breathing world. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, again, even I'm not trying to say this game's going to be great. I'm not hyping it. All I'm saying is. I yeah. do. I prefer this method of announcement. Right? We're going to go from announcement to, to playable launch, early access launch, within within less than a month. So I will be playing this game. I will be trying it. I'll be honest. If it sucks, I'll say it sucks. Um, hopefully, if enough people, um, or if you're interested, maybe we can stream it. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know we streamed Conan. Here's my guess, though. Day one, it's going to run like shit, no matter what. Kind of like Conan Exiles. Remember that? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm still willing to try it. Yeah. There's um. Speaking of uh, games that string you along for a while, Altai, we got some pretty big news for uh, Ashes of Creation. Oh, yes. Very controversial game. I, mean, I know a lot of people have been really um, nagging on the crowdfunded early access games. And I think Ashes of Creation fits that mold pretty well. So they, did, they announced a pretty pretty bombshell big announcement this last week. 
and they're making a spin-off title called Apocalypse. Not making it, they're basically it was it was what they've already tested in previous alpha tests, and they're gonna make it their own standalone game that'll be launching on December 18th. And you'll be able to play that for free for everyone. So even if you didn't back the game, it'll be a free-to-play standalone arena-like brawler game, which is which is very weird. Like, almost like a they took like the PvP aspect of the game, or maybe like almost like um like the battlegrounds mode in WoW or some some like some action PvP brawler game, and they made its own standalone title. Now I've been critical for Asher Creation for a long time, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm hesitant to double down my criticism, but it almost feels like this is all we're gonna get. I have a feeling that we're never gonna see an actual MMORPG. I have a feeling this is the only thing we're gonna get because if you're actually interested in making the MMORPG like that they promised. Why are you making a spin-off game and developing a Battle Royale mode for it? I mean, arguably, they did say, like, okay, having the spin-off game will allow us to test our internal systems for combat and balance. I get that, right? They want to make the combat fun for the MMORPG. But you're making Battle Royale game modes and you're working on other game modes for this spin-off title? That feels like a massive distraction from the actual MMORPG. And almost all the gameplay we've seen for Astro Creation that quote-unquote looks cool was always this PvP gameplay. And I think designing a game like Asher Creation Apocalypse, where it's just this PvP arena, is much easier than making an MMORPG. Making an MMORPG with all the promises just feels like that, that's so much harder to make an MMORPG with all those systems than this to make just this brawling game where you just kill each other in this arena. And I'm kind of afraid that that's all we're going to get with this. Maybe this will be everything. I don't know. Well, on, on the plus side, if, if, if we do get this, at least we'll get something. It's that's be- true. At least we'll get something. That's actually a big positive. Like... I think these guys are, there are people in the office coding, right? And this kind of proves it. Like, so whether this is, a, obviously this is not an MMORPG, right? But it is a game. Like, I mean, I'm looking at the gameplay, right? Like, well, I mean, whether you like it or dislike the gameplay, it's a game. It's a game, you know, it's a modern mm-hmm. looking title. Yeah. And it's playable this month, you know, in like yeah. a week. So I will try it. And at least we got something. Because there's so many of these studios that give us nothing, even till now. I'm it's gonna... just, it, but don't you feel that's a bit of a betrayal though for people that back the original game? Like it just feels like they are using resources. I mean, look again. I don't buy their initial statement that like it's to test their systems. I mean, they had alpha tests and beta tests to test the system already. And then how is developing a battle royale for this mode going to help? Your promised land of Asher creation. Okay. Um, I don't see that. I don't see that route. I don't see how making battle royale games going to get us there. I, I mean, suspect. A couple comments are really mad on on our site. On a site, let me check. Uh, just a couple, yeah. I suspect, um, I suspect this is going to be marketing for them, because you know, right now, you know, the battle royale is still pretty hot, um, and they want to get some name recognition. I think, I think this is, in a way, it's smart if you're if you don't already know about Azure Creation, because I suspect <laughs> most gamers out there, right, on Steam or whatever, don't know Azure Creation is a thing. That's right? actually pretty. You're right. Like we know about it, right? And our viewers know about it. People who go to MMO news sites know about it, right? But the mm-hmm. average generic like gamer who's playing like Diablo three or whatever, right? He doesn't know Ashley Creation exists. That's true. So by releasing this product, I think it's basically like a demo disc almost. Like uh, it's just like a way to get the name of the game out there. Now whether it succeeds or not, I we'll have to find out next week. But um, I'm not I'm not totally I'm not totally against it. I don't maybe I wouldn't push for it. Uh, but I think it's, in terms of just trying to get your hype out there, get your name out there, it, it could have done worse. You're right, though. I, I will definitely hand to them in terms of like marketing prowess. It's a really smart idea because I, I think you are right. There are a lot of people that don't know about Astro Creation, and they did say they're going to have systems in the game where progress you make on on Apocalypse, some unlocks you get will actually be linked to your account in the main game when it launches. So like you can get certain unlocks, cosmetics, I think, and rewards for doing this PvP stuff, and then you get those rewards in the game. 
But it just feels like the actual MMORPG that they've been trying to make is so much more ambitious and so much more difficult to create than what they're showing off with Apocalypse. And I think a lot of people yes. have shown me like, hey, look how you, you called Ashley Creation like sketchy, but like look at this gameplay video. And the gameplay video that I've always, like, the cool gameplay videos are always these PvP videos, which are not difficult to make. You know, we, there's been tons of arena-based fighters, like games like this. But trying to make the MMORPG with all the systems and the world and everything work together, you know, coherently is the hard part. And I am rooting for them. And they do have, you know, and maybe I'll say this too. I'm still more opt- much more optimistic on Astro Creation, the MMORPG, than I am on Chronicles of Illyria. I, I was going to mention Chronicles of Illyria too. So that game two, is, is vaporware, I think. I agree. I don't think the people at Chronicles of Illyria could even make this. this, this no, like- they can't. Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. So at least, you know, they have, they, they raised, these guys have raised a lot more money and they're at least making something and we're seeing progress for them. So there's, you know, definitely positives to this. Yeah. And, and generally, it's still a mostly positive thing because we're still getting something. Yeah, for I, free yeah. as well. For they free. Could, they could have easily said, you know, be our alpha Patreon or whatever. To get that, this. That's what I actually liked a lot too, actually. That shows like they weren't just using this to milk other players. I mean, you might be able to buy stuff in game, make money through the game some other way, but it's available to everyone for free. And that was really surprising to me because most of the time these companies, you know, if you want to have access to the super early beta, you got to pay 200 bucks, you know? Indeed. Well, someone, I, I, someone in chat yeah, mentioned that comment. Path of Exile, so I got to mention it. Before uh, that, I gotta say, okay, Miss right, stream, Miss Iowa streams comments says I'm more optimistic of my father coming back home for Christmas, <laughs> well, and I thought that that's a plus. Sad, but uh, right, anyway, Path of Exile released a huge new uh, patch today, um, recently. I think it was early this week, and it's got great numbers. Uh, so number four on Steam right now, and it's been number four since the update came out, uh, picking over 120,000 players on Steam alone. And I believe someone did crunch some numbers, and if you add up the off Steam client, the Xbox players. Uh, you're over 200k, so that's mm-hmm. great. Um, the game is still doing well. They're still updating it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, never a better time than now to try it, guys. If you haven't, so I mean, they they broke their latest peak and current user base, which I think was the, with the last big update. So Path of Exile is still on a great trajectory. It's one of those games that consistently gets more and more popular in time. So every big update actually gets the game to break new highs. Like War, there's only a handful of games like that. Where like I think Warframe is one of them. Path of Exile is another, Rainbow Six Siege is another, where over time, these games are getting more and more popular. Not less. I mean, you're, a lot of games, they, they launch with hype and popularity and quickly dip down and never reach those you know early one-week player-based numbers. But no, Path of Exile is, is absolutely killing it. I think Altai roped Gumble into it and yep. a few other friends, and they've been playing nonstop. And like, this is the time the game clicked for them. I know Gumble has played the game before, one of our buddies, but he you know it didn't click for him before until just now. So if you never played it, it's definitely worth checking out. I think a lot of the you know anger over Diablo... Immortal is gonna will definitely help them a bit. Yeah, and and I honestly think the best days for this game are still ahead, not not even now or behind, mm-hmm. because uh, in 2020, their expected uh, 4.0 launch is gonna you know come out, and I hope by then they'll you know revamp the graphics again and hopefully the new player experience. Because like you said, this is one of those games where if you even if you guys try it, I bet you like 80% of you will just it won't click, you you won't get it and you'll quit. And I don't blame you because the new player experience is way too complicated and difficult. Mm-hmm. Walter, you mentioned that before. I, I, I want to get to a few topics, but we were still on the topic of our, our vaporware and early access games, right? So I got an email this last week, and I thought it was hilarious. And I wanted to save it for the podcast, all right? Because I thought, okay, so there's a, a there's a a, 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 te- a testing event going on right now for uh, for Ship of Heroes. Remember that game, Walter? It's supposed to be like the this very like early on City of Heroes like yep, City game. Heroes game. Mm-hmm. So this is the email I got, Altai. And it's actually pretty crazy because what they want to do is um, they're having a, a test, right? But not a beta test, right? 
Not a character creation test. None of that. None right. of that fun well, stuff. Okay, this is kind of small text here. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know if you guys can read this, but... It's called a login test. What? They're doing a login test on December 15th. So it's it has, there's no character creation. There's, there's nothing. Everyone just logs in and stands around. That's a test. So can you stand around though? Is there like an actual area to stand around in? Yeah, I think you just stand still somewhere. Oh, okay, cool. So wow. And what's funny is one of the co- well, he the guy who even advertises to me is like, hey, you should cover this news. I'm not going to cover this news on the site because it's pretty boring and irrelevant. He said, in some ways, this may be the most boring alpha test of any game development team has ever con- conducted. There's no character creation, no combat, and not much in terms of powers testing. Players be constrained to the area under this arch, and they just move around. That's it. So this is one of those games that they've been a long time trying to remake City of Heroes. And it's weird because like they've had a very like active PR campaign where they every time they make the smallest possible update to their game, like they, they, they email every big news website saying, please cover us, please cover us. You know, we added you know this character creation tool, this tool. But there's no game yet. There's there's nothing here yet. The game isn't even like one one hundredth done, and they're trying to like get all this PR and nonsense going. I don't think they're trying to sell access to the game. So in their in their um in their defense, they're not trying to just milk money. Though I'm, I'm not sure. I've not been following this game for a while. Like, I think it's made by a group of people that are just um, like, yeah, they're asking for donations on their homepage, right? So they, you, they don't sell like crazy packs or anything, right? So in that regard, it's great. But it's weird how eager they are to pu- uh, pump up basically nothing. You know, like, there's, there's nothing here yet. You know, I'm rooting for Ship of Heroes. I think, you know, City of Heroes is a great game, but there, there's nothing to show off here yet. So it's just, it's just weird to see this. This looks like a high school like art project. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to make fun of them, but it doesn't look I mean, it doesn't look, look great. Look at this city, boys. Look at the homepage too. It just it doesn't look good. Let me scroll down. You can see these pictures. It's a big oof. I'm getting I'm getting them a big oof too. Oh, long on video game. It said email verification. That's honestly like this is like on the same tier that, as that. Yeah, right, I, I, I got a word of advice for the people at Ship It Heroes. Whatever like engine you're using, ditch it and just do Unreal. Unreal is not good for most of us, we've known, but like, I think for a lot of smaller indie studios, you're still better off using some like, uh, you know, off-the-shelf engine just because you can get something done quicker. Well, if NeoWiz can use Unreal 3 and uh, spend $80 million, you know. <laughs> That's true. It's still remarkable how NeoWiz spent $80 million making Bless, which ended up being one of like, the worst games ever. One of the worst optimized uh, piles of shit ever. And as a buy-to-play game, they, they pulled the ultimate switcheroo. You know, they, they turned a free-to-play game into a buy-to-play game and promised that they would make it not pay-to-win, and they promised they optimized it, and they didn't do any of that. It's still pay-to-win, and it was very much unoptimized hunk of shit. That actually brings me to a very similar story I want to show Altai. What do you think about Echo of Soul? Did you remember that game? Barely. 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 Okay, so Echo of Soul, in case you didn't know, is still around through area games, actually, right now. You can play Echo of Soul through area games. Or, get this, if you're the more discerning retard, you can now purchase it on Steam through Blue Potion Games for $5.39. So oh, this game wow. is already free to play on area games, but you know, if you feel like you'd rather pay for the game through a different company, you can through Steam. And it's pretty funny because it's very much, you know, very scammy. Like this, if you, if you knew about the area version, you just play that, it's free. So, but they're charging you money. Well, well, you know what this means, right? The, the mm-hmm. value that Aria puts on the information it steals from your account, from your computer when you download the Aria launcher is worth yeah. $5. There you go, to avoid that. But but these guys, I'm sure they're doing some shady shit too. But it, it's just so weird. Like, it it's almost like, it's almost like a previous scam. If you remember um, Eloa, there's a game called Warlords Awakening. We, we kind of ranted about this before. But like, a game called Eloa basically shut down in the West like three times, right? It, it launched as InSpirit shut down. Eloa through WebZen, it shut down. And then it was launched through... 
gameandgame.com, and it shut down. So this game failed three times as a free-to-play gaming, LOL. And then it relaunched on Steam earlier this year, just a couple, just last month on November 28th, so very recently, as Warlords Awakening. It's the same exact game. They just changed the name. Instead of Eloa, it's Warlords Awakening. So they, 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 They're a little tricky. They changed the name. And it wasn't on Steam before. So like now, people are bumping this game on Steam thinking, hey, it's a new game. I should try this. It's not a new game. It used to be free to play and nobody played it. And now they're trying to charge 12 bucks for it. So this is like a complete scam. Well, At what? least with Echo of Soul, they kept the name the same. You know, they could have they called it something different and charged you money for it. Here, complete scam. This is the reason, by the way. Uh, if you guys have been following the general gaming news this past few weeks, Valve is under attack like never before. So not only does Discord have a store now, which, you know, whatever, but Epic Games uh, launched their own storefront with the Epic Launcher. And a, a few big, uh, not big, but like a few, I guess, small to medium-sized companies, they switched from Steam to Epic. Like You cannot buy the game on Steam anymore because Epic is offering them an 88% cut rather than the 30% that, um, which mm-hmm. I should say, they're taking a 12% cut at Epic instead of 30% on Steam. And I and then Epic also promises to curate their storefront. They don't. They're not going to have like an automated automated system where everything is uh, listed. Mm-hmm. And same with Discord. Discord is not allowing any shit game to to be on Discord store. And I think that's a big mistake that Valve is making. They're cluttering their platform with shit. People. There are dumb people out there. Like look at this. This. Uh, not this one. The other one. This guy for uh, Echo of Soul. That's the Echo of Soul. He he left a comment. Mm-hmm. Negative comment. Failed to install. Two times. Waste of money. This idiot probably just saw this on his you know, new game feed. He clicked it and he bought it. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, Valve should not have allowed this to happen. This game should not be allowed on this in this style. At least Warlord's Awakening, too. Like, definitely. That game is just literally like the same exact game. Like, at least it just almost seemed like so sketchy. Why would they change the name to Warlord's Awakening? It's obvious to trick people. Otherwise, just keep it as Eloa. Like, Warlord's Awakening is a pretty cringe name as well. You know? It's like it was a great name. No, it it just it just obviously deceived people i think i agree and i think I, valve's gonna lose uh credibility because of this mm-hmm. it's oof, we live in interesting times these games can just just basically throw themselves on steam charge money for a dead game and they can make money people, i'm sure some people are playing this have you tried valve's new game by the way uh hmm. artifact so valve released a new game last week and it is doing pretty terrible oof that's their first new Valve game since, like, forever, basically, right? I think since Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. It's and been a while. oddly enough, it's barely beating Left 4 Dead 2 in players right now. Oh, no, it's not beating them. They're tied. Both Left 4 Dead 2, which, you know, came out years ago, and Artifact have 5,700 players online. And if you look at this chart here, uh, the player base has been plummeting since the game came out. So the peak was 60K on release. And every day since, it's just been going down, down, down. That's big yikes. I know a lot of people probably bought this just because of Valve and they wanted to try it. So if you look at the like the seven day numbers on Steam charts, like it was peaking at 28k, then 24k, then 20k. It's almost going like two 4k every week, every day rather. Now the peak is like half, one third almost of what it was like during the launch the launch day or so, which is absolutely crazy. Like the numbers are down so much. And I, the thing is about Artifact, it was very clear to me from the get go who they were targeting. They were targeting a very hardcore audience. They wanted to get very nitty gritty with their card games. That felt like games like Hearthstone were too simplistic, right? But the problem is when you do that, you, you kind of have a very more much more niche audience. Because the people that, like, in defense of Artifact, it is different. That it's more hardcore. And the people that play Artifact, they really like it. Like, the people that, like, that, that, like, get into it, they really love it, right? They're very invested in it, right? When I, I check my, my Steam charts, one of my buddies has, like, 67 hours in Artifact already. And the game is, like, barely, like, a week and a half old. So people that play it, the people that it's made for, 
are going to love it and the general audience is not going to like it because it, it's a bit too much for the average person. I mean, people that think Hearthstone is too like simple, even for them, it's going to require a bit more of an investment to like know what's going on, you know? Uh, and that, that's the reason the player base numbers are down. I think it'll stabilize somewhere and it'll still make money. But for a Valve game, the numbers are still disappointing. Really disappointing. And as a good um, review, I actually bookmarked mm -hmm. uh, here. I want to read this to you guys uh, in case you can't see this. So, okay, everyone's talking about microtransactions. Let's put mm -hmm. that aside for a minute. This game doesn't even have the most basic features of a multiplayer competitive game. There's no profile tab. You can't see your matchmaking history, your favorite decks, your highest win rate cards, etc. No replay functionality. You can't rewatch your last game to learn from your mistakes. You can't chat with your opponent or use emotes or anything. You can't add your opponent to your friends list to talk about him to her after the game is over. No card emotes slash taunts, no post-game statistics, what? no in-game leaderboards, no in-game MMR statistics, no ranking, no experience slash level progression. As a matter of fact, sometimes I feel like I'm playing a single-player game since there is... There is no interaction whatsoever with the other player. For all I know, Valve might be testing their new Dota OpenAI or whatever the hell it's called, and I wouldn't be able to spot the difference. Isn't that amazing? That's actually pretty, that is pretty amazing. That like, look, this is this is like, like you, you can get away with like a lot of the lack of these features for like a small indie studio, right? But as Valve, like you're one of the biggest PC game companies in the world, right? You own like the biggest platform. You make billions of dollars from your platform. You've made amazing games, you know, in the past. So the fact that you're missing all these obvious features and like, this is like this, the easiest stuff. You, you, you can slap this stuff on, you know? Like this is like stuff you've incorporated in all your other games before. If you can't put this on your game, it just, that is pretty cringe that, yep. that they don't have any of this stuff. And it's embarrassing that it launched as a buy-to-play game. So there's supposed to be a market quality that you're paying for, yeah. right? Um, where Dota, right, launched a free-to-play game and it had, guess what it had? It had, you know, profile tabs, it had stats, it had replays, yeah. it had, you know, chat, it had all emotes, whatever, right? Like, yeah. So it baffles me that it's 2018, and I really think Valve has gone way behind. Like the the quality of the engineers or developers there, I guess, or whatever, something's fucking up. Whether it's logistics, and or I don't know what it is, but the ability it's, to it's get that, shit done, yeah, it's fucking up. All right, it's breaking down. All right, Ugh, it's really sad. And like, like I was complaining, I like, think two weeks ago about Magic: The Gathering Arena. That game launched with for like. For, it's been it's been open for a couple months now, I think. And for the couple months it's been out, the game has no way to play against friends. You can only play against solo queue online. There was no way to challenge a friend, add a friend, or any of that jazz. And they added, like, I think, two weeks ago, they added a way to challenge a friend by, like, your, their friend code or something, right? Before, you just couldn't play against your friends, which is really bizarre for an online card game or any online game, period. But at least in their defense, it was a free-to-play game. It was still pretty inexcusable. And it was a beta, right? Yeah, they said open beta. They said open, open beta, beta, which basically released. Whatever. But come on. Even open beta. beta. I don't want profiles. I don't want profiles. I don't care about any of that shit. You, if you're missing the ability to play against your friend, like that's a basic foundation, you know, just challenge a friend. It was weird that they didn't. They added it now. It's back at the game now, but it took a while. Artifact is not even beta. It's just full out release. It's, yeah, you're right. It's really, wait, they're not calling it early access? Nope, no early access, no beta. No, just no. Just straight up release. And if it, they called it early access, you know yeah, what? At least give yourself an excuse, you know? <laughs> that's actually really crazy. How can they call it? You know, it'd be crazy if actually every game you were playing against OpenAI and like they were all bots and like, like yeah. it could happen if there's no interaction, you know? I, I think it's going to happen just from the fact that there's going to be no players left in like a week. So in order to make it seem like you're playing the game still, they're going to have bots. No, again, I think the people that are into it, like again, like some of my buddies have like over 30, 50, 60 hours into it. You know, like a lot of people play it for a couple hours and quit, like if it's not for them, right? And the people that do like it, they're going to play it. And obviously, there's a lot of Dota fans out there. They're going to give it, like, extra leeway, you know? Like, fans of a game or company are always going to give, 
you know, their favorite company so much more leeway than they would give anyone else. And I think Valve still has a lot of fanboys out there. I think so, but I think by playing this hand, by playing this card, shall we say? Ah. They're actually, you know, they're actually they're losing a lot because mm-hmm. you're right. A lot of people have played this. A lot of people are still in that like momentary high of like it's a new game. So they're, they're defending it and playing it a lot even though they don't like it, but like they don't want to admit it to themselves yet. But I, so I think another week, I think these numbers will go down. Mm-hmm. So let's make some predictions here. So I say mm-hmm. 24 hour peak right now is 1200, 12,000. Okay. 12,500 one week from now. So next podcast, uh, what will the 24 hour peak be on steam charts for this game? Oof, good question. I'm going to just look at the chart and see, uh, I'm going to extrapolate how much it's been going down. Go with the mathematical answer over go, here. Go with your gut. Let's not, let's not use some numbers and logic here. Logic and numbers. Who needs them? Fake news. I'll so say one week from now, I'll say are you talking about peak or are you talking about average? 24-hour peak. peak. This middle right, number. 24-hour peak, one week from now, is going to be exactly 10K. Okay, it should go down all time, but it's not going to go down as fast as you think. All right, we'll see. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 I'm wrong. I'm going to say go ahead. I'm going to say 8K. AK? Okay, we're, we're close. We're close. I'm we'll going AK. I'm going AK. I'm going AK. Sad. We'll it, it is sad. I mean, oof. Speaking of Valve, Altai, Valve made another big, uh, you know, along with the Counter Strike announcement, they released a new game mode, and you played it for Counter Strike. Oh, man. I cannot wait for this, boys. Let's go to Danger Zone. I, I, I like the, 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 the Danger Zone. I'm going to play the song while I talk about it. All right, cool. Oh, I got to find it now. God dang. Let's see, Counter Strike. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Alright, so this Counter Strike didn't just go free to play this week. They also added a battle royale mode. And it's named the Danger Zone, or just Danger Zone. So Battle Royale, you know they're copying, you know, PUBG, Fortnite, Call of Duty. No. They got their own spin on it. And here's the spin, ready? 18 players max. Pretty cool, right? Oh, great. It's so 18. ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's Slightly bigger than your average Counter-Strike match. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, actually, I think it's smaller. I think that if you play casual Counter-Strike, isn't it 10 on 10? Uh, I don't play I don't, casual, so I don't know. I don't competitive play is 5 on 5. Yeah. I think casual is 10 on 10. So this is 18 players max of Battle Royale. You cannot drop in the same location with your teammates. So you guys, mm-hmm. you can drop next to each other, but not the same spot. Uh, you you have to you start naked. You have fists, right? You gotta punch the loot crates on the floor to get weapons. You gotta pick up punch money. Punch the loot crates, baby. Hype. There are these gates, like these prison gates, and behind mm-hmm. them is like you know loot, like a loot crate. And the the, the prison gates have like a, a a number on them, like 500. That means you gotta pay 500 dollars to open the gate. Now, what does that what? remind you of? It reminds you of that amazing game we played called Radical Heights. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That one died pretty quick. Yeah, so they actually decided to copy features from the most short-lived, shitty, meme joke battle royale ever, Radical Heights. <laughs> it's so weird because we we expect more from Valve, right? And like when people when they announce Artifact, people were always like scratching their heads, like, why are you chasing this like fad of making card games? Like literally, after Hearthstone, we've seen like Elder Scrolls card game. There's been like over a dozen random card games. Everyone tried to make a card game after Hearthstone's success. It was like it was like a period where everyone was releasing a MOBA, right? And then everyone started releasing uh, uh, card games. And when that meme died, like after the meme died, Valve announced at TI they're gonna make Artifact. And everyone's like, "Why, Valve? Why are you chasing this meme years late?" And then they released this half-finished product. And now, with Battle Royale memes, like 
it's been you know the battle royale meme is dying down everyone's been trying to make a battle royale mode and now velva's chasing yet another meme and they're doing it so poorly both the execution of both uh this this danger zone and um you know artifact were terrible i was actually watching um i've seen gameplay videos i know you've played danger zone i haven't played it yet i've watched shroud play it and he was just like kind of baffled like this is so weird like people that normally love counter-strike you know like it's just weird that they added this really poorly put together game mode by such a renowned studio it, i think it hurts the reputation a lot and yeah I, th I think shroud is either you know he knows he's streaming or he's just a nicer person you know than i am yeah but uh when i was playing it my, with my friends we were laughing out loud while playing it because how bad it was so you know in counter-strike you can buy you know at the beginning of the round so they incorporate the whole buying feature into the game as well so besides mm -hmm. punching loot crates for guns you can also buy guns but uh when you when you push b to open the you know buy screen you pull out like a tablet and you, you click what you want to order and then within like a minute or two a, a literal drone like a delivery drone like the flies goes you hear it coming toward you and it like bumps into the, to the roof of a building if you're inside so you got to go outside mm -hmm. and it drops the loot on you <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of uh uh the calling you get you, you get if you have enough money you can bring uh like your ultimate package to you interesting and so i'll be making jokes about like amazon prime and bezos like hey Bez, we got we got a delivery here you know amazon prime mm -hmm. let's go <laughs> it's just bizarre it's a really bizarre uh mode it is weird that valve went from this like really respected game company game developer and their last two uh these last like this game mode and artifact were just such busts and then there's no there's no more innovation coming out of a lot of these companies and then we were talking to pregame too just about how much like so many games have now fallen into like being so generic and formulaic you know and that's why i was kind of hyped for atlas because it's not exactly formulaic there's a few other games vaguely like it but there's you know, it's, it's at least different, right? There's just so many games, especially on the mobile front, that are just very formulaic. They're all the exact same. And even like a lot of PC MMORPGs and these Western, these Korean developed MMORPGs, like I feel like I'm getting either like this instance dungeon persistent hub style game that we've seen in Soul Worker, Critica, Dungeon Fighter Online, Vindictus. Like there's, there's, there's like 50 games like that. Or you're playing a more traditional like 3D looking MMORPG like Shea, Last Chaos. And like it just they feel so formulaic. We we've like lost. There's like been no innovation really. And I think one of the reasons people are hyped for Black Desert Online, you know, it's probably the MRP people are most hyped for over like the last like couple of years. And Blade and Soul probably here in the West because it was out in Korea for a while. Like at least the action kind of made them different. They were still formulaic. But like I really got to hand it to both Blade and Soul and Black Desert Online, despite their their business models and some of the pay to win accusations and problems with the monetization. They're, they're different at least. Now, the combat systems in those games are radically different. I mean, there's only three persistent MMORPGs with action combat. And that's Terra, Blade and Soul, and, you know, Black Desert Online. That's it. If I missed one, I'm sorry. But, like, with I, actual persistent worlds. That's I have, it. I have high hopes for Pearl Abyss. I know I'm, like, the pessimist here, usually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, if something's bad, I'll call it bad. But in terms of potential, I think the people, whoever is working at Pearl Abyss, whatever developers they have, I think have a lot of potential. They, I, I am eagerly awaiting their next game. Uh, and I, I think that's a good hope for the genre in general. Or gaming. I don't know what to make next. Is it an MMO? Is it a shooter? I don't know. But whatever it is, at least I know they will have the technicals right. Yeah. I, I, even their mobile game. I mean, it's still autoplay. I did a first look video for it. Black Desert Mobile. But it, it does like the mobile. Like, especially with mobile. There's actually more. Mobile is more formulaic than even PC games. It's actually pretty sad how formulaic these games, generic these games are. But at least... Black Desert Mobile just was unbelievably polished compared to a lot of other you know, mobile games. And actually, it's pretty remarkable how much money Black Desert Mobile is making. I'm not sure if we pointed out this in a previous podcast, but I'm pretty sure mobile at this point makes like, like multiples of the PC version. 
But it was actually quite the character creation was excellent. It was the first mobile game to have true PC-like character customization in, in terms of appearance. It was actually beautiful. Uh, and now there's not much you can actually see about your character because you know it's a mobile game, right? But like the actual appearance customization, character customization was beautiful. It was just like the Black Desert PC version. It was that in depth on mobile, which again was unheard of. And if you look at a game like Lineage, Revo- Lineage Two Revolution, right? This this game makes so much money, but you have like three hairstyles, four hair colors, and a couple faces. That's it. That's your average mobile MMORPG. At least Pearl Abyss, they've shown they're competent, which I think I like. Yeah. And again, that, that, that's not to say they won't mess up the business model or whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about the technical strategy here. Or yeah, they talent. sell like cosmetics and stuff, which should be stats now, which I'll be pissed off about. But yeah, it's crazy. There's some good news, though. I want to talk about some quickly run down a few bullet okay. points of good news this week. I, I, knew, I knew I was in a good mood this week. And, mm-hmm. uh, besides Path of Exile, here's some of the reasons why. So, uh, one, Maple Story finally added 1920 by 1080. Oh, that is, God bless. That is such a good feature. Yep. I've been playing with that. I, just, I forgot. I totally forgot, but you're right. Yep. Window 1920, 1080 on my 2K monitor. Beautiful. Mwah. Nothing is, you know, it's not too annoying now. Works just fine. Two, Dauntless, the Monster Hunter style game. It announced a pretty big announcement recently. Mariano, you covered this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's coming to consoles and mobile, all cross platform, just like uh, Fortnite. So that's pretty cool, I think. That's actually remarkable that they're going to be able to put Dauntless cross-platform play on every console and everything. Fortnite, I think, is one of the only games where you can play on PC, on console, and on, you know, mobile all at once. Yeah. And I think Dauntless is trying to follow that in footsteps over there. But Dauntless is a, you know, I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Because like, there's a lot of fidgety gameplay required in Dauntless, you know. it's, it's If you haven't heard of Mo- Dauntless, it's basically Monster Hunter World-esque, you know. It's got a very Monster Hunter-inspired game. And if you can have that full experience on mobile and it works well, it'd be pretty great. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think you mentioned them, or the developers said they're actually happy with the game so far. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still in some kind of uh, open beta, right? Yeah, they're doing well, though. Yeah, so uh, it's another one I want to give it. I'm gonna, after this big expansion comes out, I want to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? Oh, Lineage 1 also got remastered. This probably matters less to us here in the West, mm-hmm. but I am happy to see such an old game by NCSoft uh, continuing to receive uh, updates. And... They're not trying to update like the whole engine, like Ultima Online did, like many times. Yeah. They're just making the resolution better, more modern, you know, 1920 by 1080, etc. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll show you guys a screenshot of that. Here we go. This is a nice screenshot. So before is this uh, square here in the middle, and after is uh, support for 16 by 9 ratio. Uh, it looks much nicer. Look, yeah, this is this is the kind of update old veterans are looking for. They're not looking for graphic updates that like make the game look totally different. They're looking for something mm-hmm. like this. So that's good. And finally, uh, I know I showed you this, but there's a huge update for a Diablo 2 mod coming out. Uh, this looks really cool. This is worth showing. I mean, I, I want to I show this. We, we've talked a lot about like, these older games, older MMOs, older, older online games in the past. A lot of people still play Diablo 2. A lot of people still play Tibia. People still play RuneScape. RuneScape is hitting all-time high player numbers. So a lot of these old games are still doing really well. Yeah. And this is actually a really cool mod. I'm going to play the whole two-minute trailer here, guys. I, I don't know how many of you played Diablo 2, but it was a huge part of my childhood. Uh, and and this shows you that Blizzard, you still had an audience that was looking for a mature, dark, uh, Diablo style game, but mm-hmm. you didn't deliver that with Diablo three, and that's why Path of Exile is doing so well. That's why everyone got so mad at you over Immortal. But here we go. This is what this is what you this is what Diablo four should be. Ready? Here we go. Not Diablo Immortal.
Good music, though, right? <laughs> Very hype. Uh, this shows there is a market for these old games. I think a Diablo... Honestly, it feels kind of wasted that they're not doing anything else with Diablo. I feel like, why not throw another expansion, another class? What like, is, they have the engine already built in and everything. But here's a funny part, guys. Remember, this is a free mod for a 20-year-old game made by volunteers. Now, compare this content, amount of content you get here, to their last thing Diablo uh, 3 gave their fans. The Necromancer class, update. The and that's one... been, it's been over a year since then. It's been over Come a year since on. then. Like, how pathetic. It's crazy just how much... Like, it, it's amazing what these... The fans behind Diablo 2 or the this Diablo 2 mod have accomplished. And again, they're doing this in their spare time, you know, versus a company like Blizzard, which is worth like $20 billion and has enough money to hire like the best programmers. And they can't do what this guy is doing. It's crazy. Well, they can't do anything. They can't make the game themselves. They're, they're uh, licensing it to uh, Netties in China to do it because they, they can't even make it. They can't make anything themselves. So they're just paying some other company to do it. A young client made a good comment. Modders are the future. It's actually still remarkable just how much, like how good modding has been and modding has led to the like modding led to the creation of the battle royale genre modding is created to the concept of tower defenses through old like starcraft custom mods modding has led to the creation of mobas with dota with dota which led to league of legends and dota 2 and whatnot like modders have created like all the good things we've had and i feel like a lot of big companies have polished it up right but like all the good ideas come from modding and modders you know where so, a lot of modders get their start hmm. Well, nowadays it's going to be uh, Minecraft, I imagine. No, well, no, no, no. Well, I mean, first they they usually are also the guys who write hacks mm -hmm. for games because how you learn how the game ticks behind the scenes is you know first the easiest thing to do once you learn how to get to the back end is change the variables and get hacks, and then later as you get more knowledge and interest and creativity, then you make the mod. So I think if you send to prison, if you that's the thing, if you stop hackers, right, or like ability to tinker with code and good or bad consequences, I think you're going to kneecap. Uh, the skill development of a lot of modders. Mm -hmm. So defending defending hacking here. <laughs> well, again, I, I've been saying this for a long time. I think the the next big thing in PC gaming or any even mobile gaming is whoever can really capitalize on modders to the point where a game company has to build the tools, the engine, the stuff to make something right, and just let the players do some run with it. And that was what the premise was for um again that that mobile that what was that the Korean MRPG. What's it called? The the really nice graphics that was kind of hyped for? I forgot the name now. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about uh, the Oof. one that looks like Mabinogi. Yeah, yeah. What, what's it called? Peria Chronicles. Peria Chronicles, yeah. Like, whoever does that really well, I think is going to do amazing. You know? Well, yeah. well with that, I want to show you guys a video for alpha footage for Dual Universe that came out last month. Ooh. Last week. But we're out of time, so you have to stick with us in the post game to see some Dual Universe alpha footage. Yeah, another another crowdfunded game. I'm not I'm not optimistic on this crowdfunded nonsense. Well, but we'll see. I'm not I'm not super excited either. But it, it does have a lot of that cre player created content. So yes, we'll, we'll, yes, we'll see that. All right, thanks for watching, guys. All right, take care for YouTube. Yep.